Good morning, Coosa Valley Church of God. It is so good to see y'all this morning. How y'all doing this morning? Everybody good? Good. Good to see y'all. Good to hear from y'all. Uh, people on live stream, I know uh, you can't necessarily technically respond to me, but you can to the people on the computers. Tell them how your morning's going. Tell them how your day's been, how your week's been. Let me tell you, my week's been pretty great. God's been good for me this week. He's done so many, so many awesome things for us in, in, in times of uh, devotion and study, just revealing things and just being so great in all his ways. And I'm so glad to be in his house this morning, aren't you? Amen. Aren't you glad to be in God's house this morning, to be able to praise and worship our Heavenly Father? Let me tell you, he deserves sometimes more than what we put out. So this morning, let's give him all that we can. Let's get up, let's stand up, and let's, let's, let's get into a mind of worship, and let's praise our Heavenly Father and give him what he deserves. So I'm going to pray over this service real quick, and I'm going to pray, and as I finish praying, they're going to start on singing and praising the Lord. And I ask that you please join us in praising our Heavenly Father because he loves you, when you praise him. So let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all your many blessings here to God. And we pray that, Lord, as we go on in this service, God, as we worship you, Lord, in all of this, in all ways of praise and song, Lord, to the very word, I pray that you pour out your anointing on this service, God. Lord, God, I pray you anoint the singers, Lord, and the musicians, Lord, as they, Lord, lead us and, Lord, guide us into the, the worship of you this morning, God. And I pray, Lord, that, Lord, you move in a miraculous way. Let the hearts and lives, Lord, be touched, Lord, God, and let your spirit fill this place, Lord, and fill every heart here today, God, and let it not only fill but overflow in their lives lives as they leave this place, God. Lord, I also pray, Lord, that as we move into the, the word part of this worship service, God, the presentation of what, Lord, you have already gathered to speak to your congregation, to your children here, God. I pray, Lord, that you just continue to, Lord, use your word to speak a new life into us every single day. God, Lord, we are supposed to we are supposed to learn and we're supposed to feed off of your word. So today, as the word is presented, Lord, let it be let it be taken and consumed by us in an awesome and in a great way that we can leave our, this day changed from when we arrived. And Lord, be able to learn and walk yes. away with something new from your word. God, I pray you guide and direct the pastor today as he presents that word and use him and anoint him in a mighty way. Lord, as we move forward today, be everything, Lord God, we need in this week, God, and guide and direct our paths. In Jesus' heavenly name, amen and amen. Worship God this morning. Amen. Join us in worship this morning.
glory to God. Give God a hand clap of praise as you're being seated for just a moment this morning. Over the last several weeks here at Coosa Valley, we have been talking about Stronger Together as a church family. I know that many in our church in our lifetimes and in the things that we faced in life, there's been times that we've had heartache and we've had trials that's come against us and we needed somebody to lean on. We needed somebody to help us. You received that phone call, bad news, and and you really didn't know what to do, but you started calling people that you knew could help and knew that could pray. I'll never forget one morning about 9.15, a lady, young lady at our church had just received word about her husband. He was in ICU in Birmingham and she did not know. It had been some time. I know that I was, one, I, I was one of the first several calls that she made and she said, Pastor, all I, I need you to pray. Don't know what's happening. Don't know what's going on. This is where he's at. This is what's going on. I just need you to pray. Get people to pray and hung up on me. But here's the point. Is she knew that she could call on a church family that could pray. Many in this church, those that have joined us on live feed, we have joined together in times of prayer. We've joined together in the good times and in the bad times. And what happened? We were stronger together. I can't carry a load by myself. But when I've got somebody on the right side and somebody on the left to help hold us, we are stronger together. The next two songs that they're going to sing, one is called Family of God. We are a family. We're a family. I know that I've got biological brothers and sisters. I've got a brother and a sister, and I've got family. I've got cousins. I've got nieces and nephews, some that I don't get to see. Some that lives in Texas, some that lives in Louisiana, some in Georgia. I don't get to see them that often. Guess what? I get to see my church family a whole lot more. Some of you are in the same, you're in the same boat. Some have got some family living out of state. Due to COVID, some have not been able to see their Do you realize that there's some of our church family that they've not seen many people in a year, almost a year? Why? COVID but we're stronger together. The second song that they're going to sing is called Bind Us Together. We need God to bind us together as a family. We need God to bind us together as a family unit. Why? Because we're stronger together. Last thing I want to tell you before they start singing again. Had one of our homebound young ladies, y'all please tell her I said young lady, one of our homebound young ladies was on the phone with her and this is what she said, I just miss, I just miss being able to come to church. Sure, she sat right over here behind Brother Kevin she didn't get up and walk around it, but she just she said, I just miss being able to see my church family. That means something, folks. Why? Because when we are the family of God together, and God has binded us together, we're bound together. We are stronger together. The next few moments as they sing these songs. I just want you to, as you're thinking over these words and you're thinking about that, I just want you to remember how much stronger we are together, how we need to lean on one another. Would you stand all over the house and let's worship one more time in song?
glory be to God. Thank you for being a part of our services this morning. I want to share that one more, one more line of that, that song that they just sung. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. You know, I've done, I've done several weddings, done several weddings, and one of the one verse that's always brought, we bring that in, in, the, in a wedding, a verse is a three-chord strand cannot be broken. And you know, if you really look at that, when you have a husband and then you have a wife, to get, when they're separate, it's hard to do things. But when they are together, it's so much stronger of a unity. But then when you add the Holy Spirit of God to that, to that relationship, how much stronger is that relationship? Well, guess what? That's the same way it is with a church family. When we are separated and we're trying to do things on our own, we cannot do it. Amen? We can't do things by ourselves. I used the example last week about Brother Ronnie's trailer. How that I could have tried to go in there and I could have tried to take that, that front porch off by my, the room on the front porch by myself. Uh, that would have been tough. I could have went in there and tried to move everything out by myself. That would have been rough. But when I called and I texted several guys from this church and we had been talking about it, we came together as a group within this family and guess what? I sat back and watched some folks work. No, there is two, look, there's a, there's a few of the folks in here that, you know, you need, you need, a, you need something tore up, I got some folks for you. Just don't ask them to put it back together. That was their words, not mine. There's definitely no way to put the jigsaw puzzle we created back together. <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing about it. When a church family is together and we're doing things as a unit, it's so much easier and so much stronger, amen? When we're bound together, with the, with, the, with the binds of love, the love of God, we're stronger together. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at several reasons from the Word of God of why we're stronger together as a church family. Remember, just as an, just as an overview, on the, on the second Sunday of this year, year, January the 11th, we looked at Jesus being the Good Shepherd and how we need to follow in the example that He's given to us. We also looked at the fact that pastors are be, have been called to be under shepherds to Christ, given charge to watch over His sheep, not my sheep, His sheep. Did, did anybody hear that? Not my sheep, but God's sheep. And we all are the sheep of God's pasture. The third Sunday, January the 17th, we seen that Jesus is the head of the church. And we as the church, the body of Christ, we must work in unison and in unity in order to accomplish anything. We looked at on the fourth Sunday, January the 24th, about using our gifts and our callings to better the kingdom of God. If we have somebody that, that can do something for God's kingdom and for the work of the kingdom of God, and they sit back on their talent and they're not utilizing it, then they have wasted what God's given to them. Amen? You know, there's a thing about it. There's, you know, every one of us, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, we have gotten up in the morning to go to work, to do a job, to do something. And what are we doing that for? Out of the goodness of our hearts? No. We're doing that so that, that at the end of the week or the end of the two weeks or the end of the month, we're going to get a paycheck. And when that paycheck comes, what do we do? We sit on it and do nothing with it. If that's what you're able to do, we need to talk later, okay? But we don't do that. What do we do? We take that money and what do we do? We pay the power bill, the water bill, the grocery bill, amen? Oh, come on, amen? Grocery bill, amen? Come on now. We go and we pay for the internet. We pay for our automobiles. We pay for insurance that we don't ever want to use. But what else have we done with that? Some working at a job, 
They'll take out monies for retirement and you're putting that monies back. Why? Because you're, there's coming a day that you're going to have to use those. I don't know. I may never touch my retirement account. The rapture may take place first. And if that happens, anybody that's left, you're welcome to it. But not until, my, not until the rapture takes place. Because if I'm still here at retirement age, I want to use what I've put back. I want to use it the best way that I see fit. Not for somebody else. But if the rapture takes place first, you're welcome to it. Mm -hmm. But we must use what we've been given for the body of Christ. Last Sunday, we, looked, we took a closer look at the body. How that every member is necessary and essential. Every one of us has got a calling. Every one of us has got a, every one of us has got a ministry on our lives and we need to use what God has given to us so that we can further the kingdom of God. God didn't call all of us to be nursery workers. I got one amen. God didn't call all of us to be nursery workers. God called Bob Maddox to be the No, I'm sorry. <laughs> he says, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. But God didn't call all of us to be children's church or, or student leaders, student pastors. God didn't call all of us to be musicians. God didn't call all of us to be singers. But God has called us, each individual, to use what God has given to us to make us stronger together. Amen? Because if we're all trying to be the nursery workers... We can't all get in that nursery. Amen? If you don't believe me, after it is empty and no one else is in there, you go right on ahead and look. You all, we all can't get in there. But God has called all of us to do a work. And when we're doing that work, we're stronger together. Why? Because if we're not doing the... Oh, the ooh. Boy, that show did taste bad, what I'm fixing to say. If we're not doing the work that God's called us to do, somebody else is having to pick that up. And in some cases, that's pulling them away from what God has called them to do or separating that. So we need to be, we're stronger together. And as every member is necessary and essential, there's something that we, we've touched on, on throughout the course of this, but I want to touch on really deep this morning. We've talked on the fact of how that every member is essential and every member is necessary. Every one of us has been called to be a part of the family of God. Every one of us has got a calling. Every one of us has got a ministry. Every one of us has got a purpose. We're all necessary. We're all essential. But, and we've talked about this one person very, we've talked about him very briefly, but we're going to talk about him a little more today. There's somebody else that's very essential and very important to the family of God. And that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus must be a part. Brother Andy, you've already talked about him. You've said that Jesus was the, is the Son of God and he's we're the sheep of his pastor. And, and I've talked about us. But Jesus is essential and must be a part of the unity if we're going to be stronger together. If Jesus ain't in par a part of it, then you might as well shut it down because it's not going to work. Now, what I... There have been some that have talked about how over the years... Now, I'm not talking about current... I'm talking about over the years. There has been some that has talked about how that, oh, you can't do this because that's not in the Bible. You can't do this because that's not in the Bible. You can't. I've had people to tell me that we're wrong because we got a basketball goal. That's right. We got two of them now. Now, let me tell you something. If we're skipping church to go play basketball, 
Now we're, now we're touching on something. But I want us to understand this, that when you incorporate those things into a part of teaching and it's a, ta- it's a time of activity, what's wrong with those things? Our student ministers on, on Wednesday night, sometimes they have gone out and they've done, uh, they've done a color war. Then after church on that Wednesday night, we go out there and they started to try to throw some of that stuff at me. I'm backing up. Our children's church has done, and our, and our student ministries together, they've done massive Easter egg hunts. And Easter egg hunts ain't in the Bible. But here's the thing. Prior to or after those events, this is what I have stressed to our leaders of these ministries. If Jesus ain't in it, I don't want no part of it. Right? Jesus is being taught in these areas of ministry. Jesus is an important, essential part of of a church family. If you don't have Jesus then what are you doing here? It's a social gathering. I want you to take a look. And people quote this verse that we're fixing to talk about, and they'll quote quote these two passages of Scripture, and they actually take this out of context. I know that this is a little more solemn, this is more more calm, but I need you to to really hear what I'm telling to you this morning. Take a look at Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Starting in verse 19. Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 19. Look at what it tells us. It says this. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they ask, it will be done. For them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. If two of you are gathered together in my name and ask anything, it will be done. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Now, I want, you to, I want you to understand this, these two verses here. I want you to understand the, the logic behind these two. First of all, putting these two in context, Jesus is talking about discipline. Jesus is talking about correction. This is, what, this is the verses that this is coming out of. He is referring to discipline and correction in this time. But we also must understand that Jesus is also giving us a promise that if His presence is in the midst, no matter what's going on, He's going to be right there with us. No matter what's taking place, Jesus can be right in the center of anything that's being accomplished. I've I've heard it on numerous occasions, and yes, I I have said it myself. It was told to me, when I started dating, it was just, just a few years ago. I was 16, 17 years old. Said, make sure that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit goes with you. So Jesus is very essential in everything that we do. Jesus promises a special presence when we gather in His name. Now, one of the hardest times in unity is not only in correction or discipline, but we're going to talk a few moments this morning about those. But when somebody in a church family has fallen or has stumbled and and correction has to be brought in, and look, we're not sitting here talking about somebody getting out, getting a rod about this big around and whooping somebody in the head, although there's a time. Never mind.
Got a ball bat at the house named The Word. Some of you will get that later. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. <laughs> but the thing that we've got to understand is there are times when someone in our church family has fallen, stumbled, or broken from the unity of the family of God, the body of Christ, the church. There are times when that has taken place and what, there are spe specific instructions found in the Word of God of how we are to approach that. When we approach it in the wrong fashion, we've lost that unity and we're not stronger together. But when Christ is in the middle of that, we're stronger together. Amen? I know this ain't a shouting and a hollering and a uh, great big worship service, but I need you to hear what we're talking about because this is a part of the Word of God. This passage is talking about what we need to do when someone has fallen, stumbled, and what we need to do to be stronger together as a church family, as a part of the body of Christ. One of the most essential steps to take during these times is to bathe the matter in prayer. Too many times I have had people, and look, y'all know I've been in pastoral since I was 19 years old. And I know that that was just about five or six years ago or longer. I have had people, I have sat in, I have sat in Sunday school rooms, I have sat in fellowship halls, I have stood on the front porch of a church, I have stood in the sanctuary, and I have had church folks, good godly Christian folks. Does everybody hear me? Royally. Chew me up one side and down the other. Feels great. Here's the best part. Is after that, somebody else was seeing that. And they said, why didn't you just give them a piece of your mind? Here's my response. Because number one, I am a human being too. Did I get an Amen. And number two, I've got to spend some time in prayer to know how God wants this situation handled. You can't just have a knee-jerk reaction. How many knows when a knee-jerk reaction happens, you're, you're liable to hurt something? Namely, your knee. You're liable to, something is going to happen and it's not going to feel real good. You're going to make a mistake. Does anybody have a down-feathered pillow? One of those pillows that's just full of all these feathers and it feels so good when you lay on it. I want you to do something for me. I want you to get a box fan. Does anybody hear me? <laughs> and I want you to unzip that pillow. And I want you to dump all those feathers out on the floor right in front of that box fan. And then get your video camera ready because I want to see this. And turn that box fan on. Now after all is said and done, I want you to then go and pick up every one of those feathers and put them back in that pillow. You can't do it. Why? Because they've gone everywhere. An unspoken rule at Coosa Valley Church of God that has never been enforced and never been listened to, I think, on even that matter, glitter is not allowed anywhere on this property. Does anybody want to tell me why? You're still cleaning up glitter from 1922. You hear what I'm saying, okay? 
It's everywhere. You're never going to get it all cleaned up. You're never going to pick it all up. And, and let me tell you something. When you react on a knee, and you go for a knee-jerk reaction, you're never going to bring back everything that was said. You're never going to undo all of the actions that took place. It's always going to come back and haunt you. Oh, but Brother Andy, they forgave me. It's always in the back of their mind. How do I know? Hello? It's been done to you. You know it's in the back of your mind. Oh, no, I forgave them and, and I forgot it. Are you kidding me? But one of the most essential steps that we can take when a brother or sister in Christ has fallen, has stumbled, has come and hurt your feelings. One thing I've learned about church, it is never good to wear your feelings on your shoulders. They will get squished quickly. Why? Because we've got a numerous number of personalities in this church. Amen? And not everybody's personality is like mine. Thank goodness. But when we're together and working in unison, we're stronger together. Now, I want to talk just a moment about that time of prayer. We must seek agreement about the issue of correction and restoration. And when that takes place, there must always be two involved. You don't go by yourself. Hello? There's been incidents that's happened, and there's been incidents that's even happened at this church where some have wanted to come to me, and I'm not dumb, but I knew, well, sure, I'm glad I ain't got my glasses on. And I knew that they was coming with an axe to grind. And this is what I've said. Well, me and one of the men of the church will be glad to meet. Oh, no, uh, uh, I'm meeting you by myself. Nope. Now, I've met with people by myself when we, when we need to talk. And there's not, nothing like that. But at least... But at, Lest I need to remind you, there's cameras around for mine and your protection. I have met with people, and there's times that my wife will just be moseying around the sanctuary. Don't anybody grin that you've ever been here at that point in time. Oh, it's just because Sister Carrie's being nosy. Nope. Boy, this is quiet. I think this is the quietest this church has ever been during a sermon. But here's the part that we've got to look at. Yes, there is great, there is times to talk privately. But I want you to understand if there's times where somebody has fallen and there needs to be a point of a time of lifting somebody up, I'm going to tell you something. I can't lift a whole lot just by myself, but if there's two, we can lift a whole lot together. I'm not talking physical. I'm talking spiritual. Is everybody with me? When we join together in prayer, and get a hold of God, things will take place. Is it always what you think it should be or always what I think it should be? No, but when we're following the will of God, now we're going to go somewhere. Now we're doing something. I've told, I've told this church body on numerous occasions how that we need to make sure that when you, you've got a problem or you've got a need, you need to know who you're going and talking to about that need. And you must always remember that if they're going to tell you things that they shouldn't tell, then they're going to tell what you've told them to say. Oh, I didn't say that out loud. 
We're not talking about that G word yet, just yet, are we? We ain't got there yet. But what we must understand is you need to go to somebody that is strong in the Lord, not wavering in the faith, that is fasting and praying because a servant of God needs to be ready instant, in season, and out of season. Amen? Oh, I, I, that was bad. It was weak. I was telling somebody just a few weeks ago. I know that we have Sundays right now under, under COVID like we're doing. We've been rotating our Sunday school teachers on Sunday mornings during our Sunday school classes, our Sunday school class in the sanctuary. Don't tell our Sunday school teachers that, that, that are rotating with me during this time. Don't tell them what I'm fixing to tell you because I don't want them to think about this, okay? But I do come prepared just in case. Don't tell them I said that. If somebody is going to speak, I don't care if it's a guest speaker. Last year, you had a, a great friend of mine to come and do Pastor's Appreciation Day. Guess what? I came ready to preach. Why? Because you never know. Car wreck. Sickness. I said that to say this. You've got to be instant in season and out of season. Everybody always quotes that scripture and they're always, they're always pointed at the pastor. What's wrong with every Christian being instant in season and out of season, ready to give a witness and a testimony of who God is? What God has done for you. Brother Andy, I... Oh, y'all about, about to get me cranked up on this one. Oh, but Brother Andy, I, I, don't, I don't know nothing that God's done, done for me lately. Brother Andy, I come to church and I really don't know. I don't, I don't get as excited as you do. Oh, well, let me just tell you something. Y'all, I ain't a singer, but we're fixing to hit it. Watch this. When I think about the Lord, how He, how he saved me. Hello? Has anybody got excited yet? How He raised me. How He's healed me. How he feels, is anybody, anybody hearing me? Maybe my ears are stopped up. How he's filled me with the Holy Ghost. When I think about the Lord and all he's done for me, it makes me want to shout. Makes me want to shout. Oh, come on. We need to be excited about what God has done for us. Oh, but Brother Andy, you just don't know how, you just don't know all the trials that I go through and all the problems. Our faith is built up by what? By hearing the Word of God. Oh, but Brother Andy, it, instead of picking up the Inquisitor magazine, instead of picking up the, I don't, I, I don't even read magazines, so y'all go ahead, which, what's, what's another good magazine? Another bad magazine. <laughs> Never mind, don't even go there. <laughs> Woo! Scratch that, move on. <laughs> Somebody just said the Sports, Ill Sports Illustrated. Y'all, there's, there's a pastor, he told this one time, he said this. He said he got up the very first Sunday of his service, or very first Sunday that he was at, a, at, a, at his new church. He preached on, he preached on something, everybody got mad. The next, the next Sunday he got up and he preached on something else and a third of them got mad. Then he preached on something else and another third got mad. Next Sunday he got up and another third got mad. The next Sunday he got up and he brought a Sports Illustrated magazine. They said, what are you going to preach on today? He said, I'm going to try to preach on something that ain't going to get y'all mad at me. So the article was about an Alabama and Auburn. I am just kidding. I'm kidding. But the point is simply this. We as Christians need to be ready at all times. We need to be instant in season and out of season. We need to have a good prayer life in order to face the trials that's coming our way. We must be prayed up and fasted, not wavering in the faith. If we are in that point in time where we're wavering, 
We, we're in that point in time where we may have a stumbling block. That's when we need to go to our church family. Did anybody just hear what I just said? We need to go to our church family. Did anybody, anybody comprehend what I just said? We need to go to our church family so that we can be stronger together and somebody can lift us up. But when they do that, we're not supposed to put our foot on their neck. We're supposed to build them up. First, we need to seek God's will and approval in prayer. Making sure the course of action is in the will of God and there are times that God's will is for you to sit back and watch God move the problem out. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm so sorry. That wasn't in the outline. All actions must demonstrate the love of God. God's compassion and God's mercy. God's love, compassion, and mercy does not have an area for excusing sin, by the way. I am so sick and tired of people coming to me and telling me I need to show the love of God to people of alternate lifestyles or people that are blatantly sinning that I need to show the love of God and accept them the way they're standing. Let me tell you something. I love everybody. But the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of me does not love your sin. And people get mad when I say that. The love of God is not a cover-up of sin. The blood of Jesus Christ paid the price and the ransom for our sins when we get ourselves connected to who God is. Hello? Come on, let's go. Now, I'm going to take a look at a couple of verses and I don't think these are in there on the screens, but I want you to look at this. If the proper steps are truly pursued, the love of God the promises of God, the presence of God will be in the midst. Do you know how I know that? Because Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. Guess what? I can't ask, seek, and knock if I don't have a relationship with who God is. Hello? Come on. If I do not know where Brother Kevin lives at, then I cannot knock on his door. Did y'all hear me? If I do not have his phone number, then I cannot call him up and ask him a question. But because I have got a relationship with God, I know exactly where he's at. Do you know how I know that? Because he's right here living inside of me and I can ask anything that I will. I can seek God. I can knock. And guess what? God is going to be in my midst. Why? Because I'm in his midst. Too many folks want to bring God down to where they're at. We need to get up to where God's at. Hello? We need God to bring us out of, the, out of the mire and the muck and be where God has us. God wants us to be. Matthew chapter 21 and 22. Matthew 21 and verse 22 says this, And when at whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive. There's four more words to that verse. Whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive. If you have faith. You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith that God is going to meet your need. You've got to have faith that God is going to be right there with you every step of the way. You've got to have the faith that God is going to do what God has said He's going to do. Now, there are two things that are essential to united prayer. If two or three are gathered in my name, this talks about 
that people have got to agree and be in complete accord with God. I've had people to tell me, Brother Andy, I need you to pray for... I've had some folks give me a detailed plan. It's not that I want an automobile to get me from point A to point B. It's that I want this particular vehicle, that this particular color, that they, that's got this many horsepower, and then they, that's got this type of engine, that's got this. And, and I'm like, maybe you need to call autotrader.com. But what we need to do, and this is, this is how I pray. I have prayed this on numerous occasions. I prayed this when I have been beside the deathbed of a, of a family member in this church. Or I have, I have been, we've been praying about a job. Or we've prayed about a financial situation. Or whatever the case may be. This is my prayer. God, you know the need. Let your will be done. Oh, Brother Andy, that's just a cop out. If you heard half, if you've heard, if you heard all these details, I can't remember all of them. I want God's will to be done. Sure, when I was standing by the by the bed of my grandmother about six years ago, when I was sitting beside her bed, I could have prayed, God, I want you to heal her right now where she's at. I want her to get up and be able to walk. I want her to be able to, to be able to talk to me like she knows who I am. But my prayer was, God, I, I want your will to be done. Why? Because you better be careful what you ask for. Hello? You better be careful how you ask, what you ask for. Now, the second thing about united prayer is also talking of two or three are gathered together in my name. The idea is a close relationship with Christ. You can't call on him if you don't know him. You can't knock on his door if you don't know where he's at. You can't seek after him if you have no idea the roadmap of how to get there. Hello? United prayer is bringing Christ as a necessary, essential part of the unity of the family of God. Prayer is essential to being stronger together. And let me tell you something. There's power in our prayers. The Bible tells us life and death is in the power of the what? Of the tongue. What is the most deadliest weapon that, a man, that mankind has? Your tongue. Christ tells us, agree on anything about anything. Agree on earth about anything you ask and it shall be done. Why? Because there I am among them. What he said in Matthew uh, chapter 18 and verse 20. There I'm among them. Why, is it, why, why was it so important for Christ to say that he was among us? Notice he did not say, I will be there, but he said, I am there. In other words... I got here first. What took you so long? Hello? Here a few weeks ago when we started cleaning out Brother Ronnie's trailer, I had set a time frame. And when I pulled up at the trailer, there's three people standing on the porch already. They beat me there. I was not already there. I showed up and they was already there. There's a difference, folks. Christ is not going to go where he's not wanted. Why are you going places that Christ is... Oh, y'all better hush. Y'all better... There's a special presence. The real, actual presence of Christ. It is the equivalent of what we call, what we've called the Shekinah glory falling in the house a very special presence that is dwelling in the tabernacle and the temple. It's a deep sense, a consciousness 
and an intense awareness of who God is and the Spirit of God communing with our spirit. How many remembers Dayton when you was a teenager? There was times that I would get in my little, I'd get in that little uh, automobile in Anniston, Alabama. Can somebody look at my wife and say, what kind of look has she got? But there was times that I would get in that automobile, Sister Susan, and I would drive two and a half hours. I know, I know. How many hours was it? Yeah. I'm glad we was closer. <laughs> but I would drive two and a half hours. I would pull up at, that, at, the, at the office where she was working at. I'd be sitting in the parking lot. She got off at 5 o'clock and I was sitting there. She would walk out that door. They might know them, that butterfly feeling in your, in your gut. It's just like, mm-hmm. Guess what? That is zero compared to how it is to be in the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. That is zero how it feels to be in the presence of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That is zero how it feels to be in united prayer to God our Father. We've got to be in the presence of God. We're in the presence of God. If two agree... This word, agree, A-G-R-E-E. This means to be in complete accord, to harmonize together, to sound together, to act like, in, to act together in each other's nature and future. It is opposite of wandering thoughts, half-hearted commitments, disconnected purpose, disjointed and misplaced understanding, unsynchronized spirits, incomplete and piecemeal knowledge. And that's the way some folks handle church. Now, I understand right now under COVID, I got that. You can look around and, and, and you, can probably, you can probably name some folks that are not here. And they may be at home due to, due to COVID restrictions or whatever the case may be. But I'm going to tell you something. And if you want to think that this is ugly of me of saying this, then okay. But what we must understand is when we are in harmony together to, with God, we have that relationship with God, we're going to have complete accord. We're going to sound together and we're going to act together as a body of believers. There are folks that treat church like wandering thoughts, half-hearted commitment, disconnected purpose, disjointed and misplaced understanding, unsynchronized spirit and incomplete and piecemeal knowledge about who God is. They're not serious about God. But the moment something goes upside down, maybe I don't need to finish that sentence, do I? The Bible tells us, I'm closing here in just a second, I promise. The Bible tells us if two or three are gathered in my name, this literally means coming into the name of God. The idea is having a close and intimate relationship with Christ. You cannot have a close, intimate relationship with somebody that you never talked to. Hello? Now, I've got a friend of mine from high school. When he had a heart attack, about three years ago, I was one of the first calls that his wife made. She wanted me to know. 
Now he is fi- Yeah, it's public knowledge now. Now he's fixing to be a granddaddy. Did I tell y'all we went to high school together? Y'all do realize, well, you don't realize this. Let me tell you this. He's just, I am two days older than him. Y'all do remember I'm 41. That do, that do say he's 41. You didn't catch me? Okay. Oh, good. Now, we're still friends. We're friends. We have a relationship. But are we very, very close? If he was to call me and he needed help, sure, I'd go help him. And the same things the other way around. But we don't see each other every day. I don't know everything going on in his life. I don't know the details of his life. Why? Because we're not in a close relationship. Is anybody hearing what I just said? There are so many times that people want God to make sure everything goes good in their life, but they don't want to have a close relationship with Him. The idea is having a close, intimate relationship with Christ. Getting into the spirit of Christ. Longing to be in union with Him. Acting for the glory and the honor of God. Having a deep spiritual union. Union is demonstrated by so few... Yet, so many pretend to have that relationship. Let me tell you something, church. God is fixing to send his son back. He's not wanting to come for a church that's playing. He's, he's coming back for a church that's on fire, that's not playing church, but is coming together, being a church family, and is stronger together, and getting a hold of him. This is critical. We should never undertake any challenge any trial, any hardship, unless we have a relationship with Christ. We need to have a union so deep that we only act for His glory. We've got to be free from all fleshly urges or desires and act for the glory of God. Would you stand? Live feed, thank you for being a part of our services this morning. Join us back this afternoon at 5 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Continue to visit our website for more information about all of our social media accounts, our live feed options, online giving, our sermon outlines. We're also adding features weekly. Some of the new features on there is talking about all of our small groups, our Ignite Student Ministries, our Rise Up Young Adults, our discipleship kids, our nursery, all of those things are found there. There's, there's events that they're doing and so much more. Make sure you check out our website. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Thank you for being a part of our Coosa Valley family. May God bless you.